So we, uh, everyone have a wonderful day. We hope you, hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. We wish our brothers and sisters in Ukraine are safe. We are. We left off. Basically the last page. On the bottom of page 25b, the Mishnah. So they look at Mishnah. Which was outside of Yerushalayim, two years towards Yerushalayim. The ignoramus is not trusted regarding the purity of earthenware vessels. Because earthenware vessels was short supply in Yerushalayim, so the rabbis said that even the Amorites are believed. Everyone is believed. It's kosher. That it's pure. We accept their, their testimony that it's pure. Outside, away from Yerushalayim, in the man. Then, 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 then they're not believed. How far is Medium from Yerushalayim? Medium is like 15 mil from Yerushalayim. So between Medium and Yerushalayim, a chaver is allowed to buy a small earthenware from pots, from Amor. They use in the Kaidish. And you can trust them that they were guarded from Tumah. Because you're allowed to manufacture um, vessels in Yerushalayim. So if you're not allowed to buy, buy it from Amaharit, then you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to have all the vessels that you need to eat the, 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 the uh, sacrificial foods. So therefore, people would not be able to follow this decree. Because you, you have to have these vessels. It's not possible otherwise. So therefore, they didn't make a decree. It's not possible. It's not practical. The rabbis didn't make decrees that are not practical. Torah is a real program for real people living in the real world. They didn't make decrees just to make decrees. Purity, to be absolutely pure, but it's not workable. You know, it has to be workable. It has to work in the real world. So therefore, they never made a decree. If you're going to decree that you can't use, you can't buy... Um, earthenware from for the pots and pans what you need from from the Amaret, people wouldn't be able to manage so no one's going to listen so therefore between Yerushalayim and Medin they excluded the small vessels not big vessels small vessels that people use Meidi also says, why, why was there a shortage of small vessels in Yerushalayim? Yeah, that we had to suspend the laws, this uh, rabbinic decree, because, because sacrificial food that you eat, you use uh, pottery, you have to break it afterwards. But since it absorbs the taste, the Torah says, and you can't expunge the taste, then it becomes nicer. Therefore, as soon as you finish eating, you have to break it. So, so yeah. Where the Greeks got their thing from. Yeah. Right. That, that's how we know we're shilly. How do we know the original shilly? The whole place is full of broken, broken pottery. Broken. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, therefore they had there was a shortage. So therefore, they had to allow the, the pottery of of the Amorites. Why aren't you allowed to manufacture vessels in Yerushalayim? Because they didn't want the smoke from the kilns to blacken all the Yerushalayim city. So therefore they couldn't manufacture it. So you had to buy it. So you had to buy it from Amorites. So therefore they allowed. 
but but outside of medium, then then the, the prohibition remains. The potter is selling pots. If he enters into medium, so this potter and these very pots by by, by these these buyers never is believed. Once he leaves Midian, ain't in them. The same pots, the same buyers. So if he brought into Midian, then he's believed. So he's believed, he's trusted those pots that he imported, that he brought in. And those who bought, bought from him, who, who watched him bring it in, then they trust him. Saying that only the importer, obviously someone who lives in Medellin and he has pots he can buy from him, but even the importer, only the, from the importer himself, the importer himself tests, brings it into Medellin and he says, these are my pots and my pots are pure, then the rabbis say, trust him. But what if he gives it to another person who's living in Medellin? The person in Medellin did not manufacture it and did not, not import it. Someone else imported them wholesale and he, he's like a retail. That, that doesn't work. Only if the if the importer he himself sells it, the buyer knows and knows that the importer is his and that he himself. Only then do we believe. It. Yeah, I guess the mother will explain why. Mixed it with the pots of someone who's on the inside, then you're not allowed to buy. Okay, okay we'll learn the rationale. That's the mission. Medium itself sometimes is treated like it's within, and sometimes it's treated like outside. How? What if the powder is leaving? The chaver is leaving town. And the chaver, the Tamil Chacham, is entering Medium. From the outside, the ha- the kader is coming from Yerushalayim into the city of Medin. Right. The chaver is coming from outside, outside of Medin, into Medin, towards Yerushalayim. And they meet in Medin. Yeah, they meet. So Then the town itself is considered like it's in. So the chaver is allowed to buy from him the pots. So because now is the only chance. If he doesn't buy it now, he'll never have a chance because the Kadar is heading out. He's heading, he's heading away from Yerushalayim. He's heading away from Midian. That's okay when they both come from the outside in. Yeah, but they're coming from different directions. Right, right. One's coming from out. Yes, yes. And he saw, he knows that he's bringing his own paths. So then he's allowed to buy it. Right. What if Shneim Nichnasim, if they're both coming in from the outside, we continue, 26.8. If Shneim Yedzim, both of them are coming from the direction of Yerushalayim, we're heading out, and then they enter Midian, then Kilachuz, and the town itself is treated Kilachuz. Why? Because when they're both entering Midian, why does he have to buy a Midian? They're, they're continuing. No, you can, you can wait till then. No. They should have done it before, when they left Yerushalayim, they have a 13-mile circumference. They should have done the deal before they both entered Medina. That's what they're saying here. But once they get in Medina, it's too He says like this, if they're both entering into Medina, so he'll buy from him later. From which direction? From outside. 
from, from Yerushalayim? No, outside. Okay, they're way outside. Right. Yeah. And they're both entering the Median. So what's Yerush? They're both heading to Yerushalayim. So once they pass Median, then he'll buy from him the right. path. Now, what's the rush? They, what do you have to buy now? Median, they, they right. Right. If they're both exiting from, from Yerushalayim and between Yerushalayim into Median, he's not allowed to buy either because he, why did he wait till now? He had 15 mil to buy. He had this right, whole time we were traveling together. So he should have bought earlier, right? They should have bought earlier, exactly. exactly. So even so, if if the if the chaver is leaving and the kader is going in, so we tell the chaver go back, take your steps back. The kader, the 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 owner of the pods, the manufacturer, he's heading to Yerushalayim. He's 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 going, yeah, yeah, catch him in the middle, exactly. We also learned this in our mission. Mishnah says, The manufacturer of pots who sold his pots and he entered into Lefnimenamidia. And he entered inwards of Midia. So then he's allowed, he's, he's trusted. Time middle of Nimnadim only because he's past Midim. He's he's within after Midim. It's Midim Yerushalayim. A Midim Gufalei Mehem. A Midim itself is not believed. Right? That's what it seems in the Mishnah. Means medium itself, you're not trusted, only inside. But Amos Sefer, say the end of the Mishnah, Yatsef, he leaves in a Neman. Hamidim go for medium itself, Neman, he is believed. So how do you, it's a contradiction. El Allah We're talking about two different scenarios. Kan bekader Yatsef, Chava Nichnas. The Mishnah that says, that in Medin he's not believed, we're talking about that the Kader is. is, is, is I don't know. I'm sorry. When the Mishnah says in Medin, he is believed, he's talking about because the Kader is leaving and the Kader is entering, so he has no choice. This is only opportunity to buy the pots, then we say you can trust him even in Kader, even in Medin. Mm-hmm. You can trust the Kader in Medin. And the Mishnah says in the Bereisha that in Medin itself is no good. When both are entering, or both are, so then don't buy in Medin. Wait, wait till he gets in the, in the space in between. Or when they're both leaving, tough luck. You should have bought earlier. Why? Why'd you wake up now? Or even if the kader is 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 entering and the and the chaver is leaving, so let the chaver trace a step back, go back and buy it outside of Medin. Shmami not to prove. Shmami not to prove. Hats, cups, flasks, because you can't you can't live without it. Yeah. To, to use the sacred food from the, the temple, you need all you need all of these things. So the pot sellers in Yerushalayim couldn't fill all the need. The whole cloud Yisrael came to Yerushalayim. They didn't, they didn't have enough pots. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have enough pots. So they're after the rabbis. However, large storage vessels. It's not. It's, you don't. Need, most people don't need large storage vessels. So for that, you don't have to suspend the laws of stringencies. For that, there's enough. Why did the rabbis only permit you to eat Kodesh and not Roma? Because Kodesh, you have a time limit. You have to get the food. You have to eat the sacred food. There's a time limit. You have to eat it. Yeah, there's that day, that night, the next day. You can eat it anywhere in Yerushalayim, but that's it. Roma, there's no time limit. So you don't have the pure vessels. So wait. What's the rush? So 
It's only applies the vessel can be carried in one hand. That means it's small enough. I can carry it in one hand. If it's, you need two hands to carry it, then it's too big, and that you know. For this, the rabbis did not suspend this restriction. Even those that cannot be carried in one hand, the rabbis were lenient. The small does not mean you can carry in one hand. Small, even if you cannot carry it in one hand, you need two hands. But he means if it's if it's made for cooking sacrificial food, it's not for storage, not a huge gigantic barrel used for storage. I need a big pot, I have a big family. That's because I can't carry it with one hand, it doesn't mean it's not small. Anything I'm using to cook that the people need, that I'm allowed. But anything that's for huge storage, it's, uh, you know, if you're a wholesaler, you're a storekeeper, okay, that, that the rabbis did not suspend the restriction on the, uh, on the vessels, using the vessels on Amaretz. And the rabbis only taught this regarding empty vessels. Full vessels, Amaretz is not trusted. Talking about a vessel that has non-Kodesh liquid. So he said, Shlokish, that doesn't make sense. He's saying the content of the vessel is not pure. Because the liquid of Amaret is not pure. We're not talking about sacred wine or sacred... Uh, because then Amaret is believed. Anything that comes to sacred, everyone is careful. No one plays games. Everyone is trusted. We're talking about non, non, uh, non-sacred liquid, wine or oil. So, that, so you can, it doesn't make sense to say the liquid, the content of, the, of this earthenware vessel is impure. But the vessel itself is pure. It doesn't make sense. Rabbi Yechen, I mean, no. Rabbi Yechen disagrees. Afilu meleim, even if they're full. Afilu apikir surse l'seichen, even if he has garments inside. Apikar surse, apikar surse, even if he has garments inside. The garments of Amoritz are considered contaminated with the medras tumah. So surely you would think to contaminate any vessel which is found. But the rabbis made a special dispensation. The garments are impure, but the vessel could be used for Kaidish. Ah, it doesn't make sense. What, where's the logic? How, how can you say the vessel is pure, but the content is not pure? He doesn't say the rabbi said that the liquid inside is, is pure. No, the liquid is impure. Don't wonder. How is it possible? It's inconsistent. I mean, you're making a good joke. I mean, the content is impure and the, and the vessel itself, the earthenware is pure. Don't wonder. In a case, we have a wooden flask filled with liquid. Right, so because it's in a it's in a, a earthenware flash, earthenware canteen, therefore the liquid does not become impure because it's covered up, covered canteen. It protects it, it shields it from the impurity of 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 of, 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 of a corpse impurity. So log in to Mr. Mashiva, So the flask itself becomes impure. But the mashkin remains pure. A case. He's talking about a case where there's two stories, and there's a there's a hatch door a door between. But but yeah yeah. But but filling the space of the hatch is a flask. So the liquid on top. So it protects. It's like a shield. Yeah. So it it, it stops the impurity from penetrating. And there's a corpse in the house on the first floor. 
But the flask stops the impurity from ascending to the second floor. So the liquid on the second floor remains pure, but the flask itself becomes impure. So you see that one could be impure and one could be pure. So to be here is the reverse. The, the liquid is impure and the flask itself is pure. We find such a concept. We'll learn a lot of missions today. Next mission. Talk the elegant mission. I got boy. The Gabai, the agent, tax agents, the tax collectors, IRS agents, who come, who come into a house, and thieves, who return the earthenware vessels that they stole, they're trusted to say, we did not touch, and we did not contaminate. In other words, the, the tax agents are, are trusted to say, they, they only, what they took, they took, but what they didn't take, what they left in the house, they never touched. So therefore, the vessels are pure. The thief, they're returning the vessels. So the vessels, they returned. So, so they can say that they never, they never used it, they never touched the inside, because earthenware only becomes contaminated within the space of the vessel. So they never touched the interior of the vessel. Even if the even if the Amaris didn't use the interior of the vessel, but if we assume he's a zav, just by carrying it, a zav should make should make the whole vessel impure just by moving it and carrying it. But the rabbis, as we already learned, the rabbis are not the creed that are, unless we know for certain that he's a zav, just assuming that every Amaris is a does not uh, does not cause any earthenware vessel that he carries because if that's the case it'll be impossible who's Moshe Movers who's Moshe Schleppers who's going to carry everything for you the moment anyone carries anything everything becomes impure and he can't purify it it's, it's an earthenware so, that, so the rabbi said we don't, we don't impose that stringency but the interior so we trust him to say that he did not touch the interior why do we trust him he said the argument in Ashi and Tesis do we trust him only regarding Kodesh sacred food are we allowed to use this earthenware for sacred food, but not for truma. If he's a koyin, he can't use it for truma. The owner is a koyin. Or Taisa says, no, we trust him for koyin and truma. Why? Why Why should we trust him? And why the difference in koyin and truma? Some want to say we're talking about a continuation of the previous Mishnah. We're only talking about between Yerushalayim and Medin. Since there's a shortage of earthenware, so the rabbi said, listen, we have to trust the Amaritz. That's it. When it comes to Kaidish, not Turuma. Like we said, Turuma, you can wait. Kaidish, you can't wait. There's no, so there's an urgency. So we're talking about our Mishnah, the tax agents and the thieves. We're talking about between Medin and Yerushalayim. You're talking about between Medin and Yerushalayim, according to this understanding. So he already taught us. Why do you have to teach us again? It's the same point. That we, that we trust in our mother. Says, no, there's a big difference. There, Amaritz is trusted on the vessels that he's carrying, he manufactured. But here we're talking about the, the vessels that belong to a Talmud Chacham in his house. The thief took it, maybe we shouldn't trust the Amaritz. So the Talmud Chacham shouldn't let an Amaritz anywhere near his vessels. <laughs> Nevertheless, the, the mission is coming to teach us, we trust him. Anywhere between Medea and whatever the Amaritz says, even in relation to the vessels that belong to Tamil Chacham, his house, we believe the thief and we believe the IRS tax collector. Another explanation is why the distinction between Truman Kaidish. We're not talking about Median. This mission doesn't mention anything about Median. Anywhere. All areas. All vessels. 
The reason they're believed by Kaidish because everyone is careful when it comes to Kaidish. There's a reverence. Even a Ganif, a Jewish Ganif, Kaidish, I don't play games. Listen, I'm a thief, I'm a low life, I'm a bum, I'm good for nothing. But but Kaidish you don't play games, you know, this is holy. Holy is holy. So if when it comes to holy, we believe him. But when it comes to Truma, we don't. Okay, then the Mishnah continues. No, the conclusion of the Mishnah. It's a trusted regarding the Tata of Kaidish. But not regarding Trum. But during the holidays, even on Trum, because everyone purifies, purifies. I mean, in general, in the times in the times of the of the pilgrimage, the rabbi suspended any decree of Amoritz. Everyone is considered a chaver. Everyone is considered like Klal Yisrael. Everyone becomes one unit, united, and therefore there's no distinctions. That's the mission. I mean, I'll ask you a question. We learned the The agents, the tax agents under the house, everything in the house is considered tummy because they probably touched everything. While they're in the house, they touched everything. It's a Mishnah, actually, in Tadis. We know they entered the house, we see them entering the house. So, so this is a contradiction. Our Mishnah says that they're believed to say we didn't touch anything that we didn't take. But the Mishnah and all in the Mishnah and all is in Tadis says no, they're not believed. So it's a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. The Mishnah and Tadis talking about there's a guy with him. Our mission talking about there is no guy with him. Now we learn the mission. In Tadis, if there's a guy, then he's believed to say we didn't enter. He's not trusted to say we entered, but we didn't. Uh, the mission of this talking about we don't we didn't see them enter the house. How do we even know they entered? They told us they entered. So they told us that they entered. We have a rules like a migui, a pesha asr, a pesha hitim. Make up your mind. You believe him or you don't believe him. If you believe him that he entered, you also have to believe him that he didn't touch anything. If you don't believe him that he didn't touch, don't believe that he entered. <laughs> you can't take it. But the Gemara says that's true only if he says he enters alone. But if he enters with a guy, then even though it's only on his word, he says, I entered with a guy, then we don't believe him. Everything in the house is contaminated. Why? He could not explain. He could knock about that. My habit. Why does that change? Why don't you say the same thing? How do you know he entered in the first place? He said so. So why don't you believe him? He didn't touch anything. Even though he says I entered with a guy. Well, what does? How does that change? So Rabbi Yechon Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yechon Rabbi gave two different explanations. one says they must not really, because the fear of the Gentiles upon them. So therefore, they search it thoroughly. He enters the house with a guy. He's like an inspector. Government agent. Government agent is watching over him. The inspector. So he can't play games. He has to touch everything. He has to look at everything. So surely he touched it. If you yourself tell me you entered with a guy with an inspector who's with you, someone is watching you, you're going to do your job very thoroughly. So of course you touched everything. Chadama, one of them says, the fear of the king is upon them. 
They're afraid the king is going to report them. The, the Gentiles are going to report them to the king. He'll inform him. He'll be an informer. He'll be a good snitch. And he'll tell the government that name, and therefore he's going to be careful. Maybe now, what practical difference is it? Whether he's afraid of the guy himself or he's afraid that the guy is going to snitch on him. If he has, if he has a guy that's a nobody, he's, he's not a, a. So then, if he's worried the king, he's not going. The king won't listen to him. No, just the opposite. If he's not, he won't be able to punish him. He doesn't care what the guy thinks. This guy is a nobody. I don't care what he thinks. I'm, I don't have to be careful. But if he's worried he's going to snitch on him, anyone could be a snitch. You don't need to be prominent to be a snitch. So then he's going to be Okay, so that's the difference. Then mission over there in Tadis is talking about there's a guy. There's a guy with him, and that's why everything is in Tambe. Here we're talking about there's no guy with him, and that's why everything is torn. But of course, only for Kaidish, not for Truma, because here we see him enter. There we don't see him enter. When, the, when, when there's no guy with him there, it's, we trust him. He didn't touch anything. It's good even for, even for Truma. Okay. The Mishnah says, So to Ganovim, thieves. So we trust him. I mean, I'll ask you a question. We learned in the Mishnah, Thieves enter the house. Only the item where the thieves walked in is Tame, because we, we, ta- we assume that he contacted, he touched everything. Everything in that area, he touched. So how can our mission say we trust the thieves to say that even the vessels they took are pure? When in that mission it says that even the whole area, the vessels in that whole area, they're not believed. Sigmar answers, Amra Pinchas, which made that up, Kshasu Tshuva. Our mission is talking about in the case of thieves of the Tshuva. They came on their own and they came clean. Not they were caught red handed. They came and they came clean to return the vessels that they stole. So if they did it out of Tshuva, then we believe them. But if they do it out of fear or they were caught, then, then we don't trust them. Then not only the vessels that they took, they're a bunch of lives and bums. Why should I trust them? He's a Ghana. So not only the, tr- the vessels that he took, we assume is tummy. Any place where he walked, we assume that he was tummy. That he touched it in his tummy. They can not me. I'll also bring you a proof. If that's the case. We're talking about thieves that voluntarily re- returned the kalim. They did tshuva. Shmami, that's a proof. Then the mission says, "We're trusted regarding the purity of kodesh." We learn the brayz and the manu makli chedes gas and lakodesh. It means Yerushalayim. They're even believed larger than we're vessels. In Yerushalayim, chaverim could buy even large vessels. Why? Why did they have to make such a leniency? We could understand the small vessels. But like we said, it was impossible. Oh, Kalisol came to Yerushalayim. And you're not allowed to manufacture vessels in Yerushalayim. It simply is not enough. And you have to break it. There's earthenware. So what are you going to do? You have no choice. But big pots. Why should I trust them? Why should I be lenient? But answers. From my and I trust them about the big pots. Because earthenware, you can't make kilns in Yerushalayim. It's going to ruin, it's going to destroy, the smoke will destroy the, the, the facades. and So therefore, it's also in short supply. 
The difference. Big pots is not as urgent as small pots. Not as much because who needs everyone needed the small the small pots. But the big pots the big pot was only needed by the uh, agents of the temple treasury. So therefore therefore he made a distinction. The big pots they only believe Ambar is in Yerushalayim. The small pots they will believe from Median fifty mil to Yerushalayim, so a huge area. The Mishnah concludes during the holidays, even our martyrs believe even regarding Truma. Anonymously, how do we know this? says, And all the men of Israel gathered to the city, meaning Yerushalayim, like one man. The Pasik made them all like Chavedim. Because like Klal Yisrael coming together, Klal Yisrael becoming one entity. Therefore, like a tzibur, tzaddik and benin and rishoyim, when you didn't come together as a minion, Hashem looks at them as a community, he doesn't look at them as individuals anymore. Therefore, there's no more, everyone is chavedim, everyone is connected, everyone is one, interlinked, interconnected. Ambam also adds that since everyone, before they went to Yerushalayim, went to the mikvah and purified them. Everyone had to purify themselves before the holidays, going to the base of mikvah. So therefore, as it is, probably everyone is pure. Everyone is in a heightened state. So therefore, the rabbi said, the positive that everyone is considered a chavedim. In other words, he's trying to say, it's not like we dumbed it down. To keep the unity, there's two ways of making unity. One way is dumbing it down. You know what? Let's lower the standards. So, so everyone, everyone passes. <laughs> you know, you dumb down the standards. Every, everyone, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone wins. Uh, you know, C minus becomes an A plus, and then it's a joke. Then you're dumbing it down. No, the base of Migdash, real unity. Chavedim is you elevate everyone. Everyone is elevated. I'm saying, every, even Amaret is in a heightened state, in an elevated state. Before you go to your shrine, everyone purifies themselves to go to the mikveh. So everyone is acting like a chavit. Everyone is elevated in the yom. You see, even in heaven, in Shabbos and Shabbos and Yom they're elevated. You know, they take the elevator up to the world of Bria, even though they're placed in the world of Yitzhidah. And Shabbos and Yom they have special elevations. So everyone, even Amaret, everyone is elevated. That's a unity. A unity, the highest common denominator, not dumbing it down to the lowest common denominator. Okay. Next mission. Merchant opens his barrel and starts selling his new dough, new batch of dough in Yerushalayim. On Yom, but some of it remains after Yom. Buddha says he can finish selling it after Yom. Chum says he can't. Because since it came in contact with Amor, it's even though during Yom Tov we say everything is tar, everything is pure. Because the customers handled everything. But during Yom Tov it doesn't matter. The customers are Amor, it doesn't matter because everyone is pure. That very same barrel, now I've left over, now you're telling me it's not pure. That's the argument. Everybody says, no, it doesn't make sense. You can't tell me this, it's the same wine, it's the same thing. And he touched it in Yom Tov when everyone was impure. Now you can't tell me now all of a sudden the status changes, now it's considered impure. The rabbi say no. During Yom Tov it's pure. And after Yom Tov it's not pure. Because again, during Yom Tov, 
the Jewish people become like an entity, become like a minion, a Klal Yisrael, a new entity. You create a new entity. It's not like ten different units. They become a new, a one, a single unit, a singularity, a single unit. So if I, I'm not looking at Amaretz, Amaretz, I'm looking. He's a part of Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael smells like a rose. Klal Yisrael is perfect. Klal Yisrael is holy. It's beautiful. It's pure. It's holy. Right after Yom Tov. Everyone disperses. Everyone becomes. Now I look at it as individuals. Individual, the, the 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 wine that you touch during the yamtiv as an individual, it's not pure. Therefore, the rabbis say. was sitting. open discussions you're not allowed to use the word rabbi. Say you can't use the wine, sell the wine, though after the festival, it's considered impure. What if I leave it to the next yamtiv? On yamtiv, everyone is pure. So could I could I sell it then? The other one said to him, Everyone touched it during the yamtiv. And you're saying I should I should do hold on to it till the next yamtiv? Surely it's been contaminated. How can I sell it next yamtiv? If in the interim you're saying I can't sell it because everyone touched it and we look at it as impure, you're going to sell something impure the next yamtiv. So the first one said. During Yom Tiv, didn't everyone touch it? But nevertheless, on Yom Tiv, everyone, we look at it as pure. Everyone is pure. So why can't you wait till the next Yom Tiv? And again, we'll look at it as pure. I'm a lay. So, so the other one responded, okay, how could you compare? Until now. During the Yom Tiv, you're allowed to sell the food even though everyone is touching it. Because the impurity of an Amaris during the holiday, the Torah says it's okay. Torah purifies it. He brought a Pasek. Everyone is Chaveidim. Everyone considered like a Chavid. But now, after the festival, now it becomes impure. So how could something impure become back pure? Nobody's saying it did change, right? It, it became impure. You're not allowed to sell it. You, you can't use it. So all of a sudden, it can go back to purity. Here, the Torah says it never became impure. Even though everyone is touching it, it never becomes impure. And after Yom Tiv, we consider it impure. So how does that suddenly, the next Yom Tiv, suddenly it changes, and all of a sudden it becomes pure? It makes no sense. Let's say that this argument, two approaches, two ways of thinking, opposite ways of thinking, is an ar- ancient argument in between the Tanoim. We learned the Braitha, Tony Chod, one Braitha we taught regarding food left over after Yom Tev, Yanichen Alaragalach, and says clearly, you shall leave it over for the next Yom Tev, you can even eat it the next Yom Tev. Tanit, we learn a different Braitha, Loyanichen Alaragalach, and my love to know you surely that argument, this argument between Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Yitzhak Nafcha. Umar says, Loy, no, no. Not a proof. I'll tell you. I can say this is the argument of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says I can use it right after Yom Tiv. I can continue using it. That's what he's saying. If I want, I can leave it for next Yom. Not that he has to leave it for next Yom. I'm not talking about a case that he can't. He's not saying he can't use it in between. 
He's saying you can use, leave it the next yomtiv and you can eat it the next. You can use it in, after yomtiv. It's pure. It remains pure. Like it remains pure. It doesn't make sense to say the same barrel, the same food that everyone touched, and then it was okay, and all of a sudden, immediately you make abdallah and yomtiv, and all of a sudden it's considered impure. The same food, nothing changed externally. It's the same food that was touched. So that's the price that says you can leave it the next yomtiv. And the Bryce says he can't leave it. That's the opinion of the rabbi. He say no, immediately after Yamtiv is considered impure. And that remains, that status remains, doesn't change the next Yamtiv. You really hold that the Bryce that says is Rabbi Huda's opinion. Why do you have to wait till the next Yamtiv? Rabbi says he can use it immediately after Yamtiv. Ella rather, Rabbi Huda. The Bryce that says. Don't leave it left the young to opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Because you can use it right away. You don't have to wait till the next yom If it's pure, it remains pure. But the Tanya and the Brizes has to leave it to the next yom Is it Rabbanon? My loyani chenna. What does it mean, loyani chenna? Chintzarek lani. What he means, loyani chenna, means not that you're not allowed to leave it to the next yom Lo'yanichen means you don't have to leave it to the next yom You can use it right away. And the rabbis say, That's what he's saying. So there's no proof. Again, there's no proof. It's an argument. The Braiser will tell you, Rabbi Ami will tell you, that, that really all, both prices hold the same thing. You can leave it to the next yom. Even though it becomes impure in between, I can leave it to the next yom. The rabbis say, leave it to the next yom. I can't use it in between. But I can leave it to the next yom. And yom, yom, everything is considered pure. Since they touched it last yom, and you're using it this yom, and yom, it's pure. After yom, it's not pure. The Braise that says Loyanichen, that's a Behuda. Behuda holds. Not that you can't leave it to the next Yamta. Of course you can leave it to the next Yamta. Loyanichen means you don't have to leave it to the next Yamta. Because Behuda holds, you can use it immediately. It, it, never, it never has the status of Imkir. Okay, next Mishnah. Dr. Heliki Mishnah. Once the Yom Tov passed, they removed the temple vessel for the purification of the courtyard. In other words, since we allow them a free hand in the courtyard of a Yom everything they touched became, becomes impure. So you have to be removed and purified. What if the beggar? Goes into Friday, they wouldn't remove the vessels because the honor of Shabbos. Was Friday, because you have to take care of Shabbos. You can't busy yourself with purifying all the vessels. It would take away from preparation of Shabbos. Even if it's even if the day after Yom Tov is Thursday, they would also not remove the vessels. Why? 
Because they're not free on that day either. And they postpone it till after Shabbos. What explains what's Rabbi Huda saying? Why why are they busy? If, if Yom Tif ends on Wednesday, Thursday, a plenty of time, a whole day Thursday, I have to prepare for Shabbos. Why can't I spend Thursday cleaning all the vessels, purifying all the vessels? Because they have to take all the ashes. Yom Tif, whole Klal Yisrael, millions of Jews came. Everyone brings their sacrifices. <laughs> you had so much ash. They were busy a whole day just cleaning the altar of all the ash. They didn't have time to worry about the vessels. So that's why they waited till after shopping. Question is... But so you're using contaminated vessels Thursday, Friday, Shabbos till Sunday. But the rabbi says since it's not possible, so they extended. It's like a continuation of the holiday. So the rabbi is treated like a continuation of the holiday, and therefore, on the holiday, all the amarets are considered pure, are considered chaveri. Okay. The next mishnah, the last mishnah of the tractate. Zog the heligim mishnah. How do you remove the vessels? To purify the courtyard. They immersed all the vessels that were in the temple. Immersed in the mikvah. And throughout the Yom they say to the Kohen, where I'm ordered, he's ordered, take care. Here we continue on 26B. Don't touch the table. Because the table cannot be immersed. So therefore don't touch it. Because by touching the, the shoe bread table, you're going to make a tummy and you won't be able to immerse it. Because you, you can't take it away. The bread has to be there constantly. The table has to be constantly. You can't remove the bread and dip, dip the table in the mikvah. Therefore, don't touch the bread. If you have others, don't come close to the table. All the vessels in the temple that second or third replacement sets. The first ones will come tummy, they will bring the second ones in their place. All the vessels in the base of Migdash require immersion after the Yamtiv except for the two altars. The inner altar of gold and the outer altar of copper. Because they're like earth. And earth is not, does not become tummy, cannot become tummy. It says, Mizbah Adama. The Tater calls it the altar of earth, Mizbah Adama. And the Tater compares the golden altar, the inner altar, to the outer altar. So just like earth does not require, acquire tumma, so too, the two Mizbahis, the inner and the outer altar, cannot acquire and cannot become tummy. You don't have to dip it in the mikvah. Who says he can't touch it? The only thing you warn them not to touch is the table. Of course, yeah, everything, anything else they, they, they can touch, but they're going to dip it in the mix. No problem. Question is, what do you care? He said, I'm an auditor, everyone is pure in Yom 
He says, well, what's, what's a Kayan doing inside the Heichel? A Kayan is doing inside the Heichel to go in, to bow down, and that's considered, that's considered service. So, so according to the rabbis, since if he's going to touch it when on Yom Tev, then right after Yom Tev, we're going to have to dip it in the mikveh. And all, that's where all the kalim have to be dipped in the mikveh, even though they touched it during Yom Tev. But, but after, and during Yom Tev it was okay, but right after Yom Tev, now we consider it impure, we have to dip it in the mikveh. You know, let's we basically have one page left. Let's uh, we'll we'll do this tomorrow. Everyone have a wonderful.